I'm Mallory King, certified trainer and sports nutritionist and creator of the Fit Life Academy brand. After losing 100 pounds, I became obsessed with helping women finally reach their goals through evidence-backed nutrition and brain-based tools. My life's mission is helping you discover that creating food freedom and falling in love with fitness are the greatest acts of self-care. I'm so glad you're tuning in today, and I know you're ready to say yes to your new life of joy, pleasure, and peace. So let's begin. Hello and welcome back. We are zooming through episodes today and this is another topic submitted by the Fit Life Academy members. They asked me to do a topic about something that we work on a lot in Fit Life Academy. It's a really big part of our coaching. And what that is, is something that is called an emotional eating toolbox. And I have been coaching clients since 2014. I have worked with hundreds of different incredible people over the years and really gotten the opportunity to understand what people struggle with the most in their fitness journeys, in their weight loss journeys, and in their wellness journeys. And I will say that every single person that I've worked with over the years has struggled with emotional eating to some degree. And we've talked about emotional eating a few times on this podcast. And I always want to say, whenever we talk about this um, topic, I always have to add that emotional eating in itself is not a bad thing. It's not bad to eat for emotional comfort. It's not bad to um, honor emotional hunger. That's not inherently a bad thing. The reason why we talk about emotional eating and the reason why we discuss different tools for working on emotional eating is because it becomes an issue when it's the primary way or the only way that you know how to deal with your emotions. If emotional eating or turning to food is the primary way or the only way that you're dealing with uncomfortable emotions, it is likely causing problems in your life. And that's exactly why we're talking about the emotional eating toolbox today. So really what an emotional eating toolbox comes down to is three things. And there are so many different like tidbits of information and advice I've given over the course of all of these episodes. I think this episode right now is podcast number 20. Um, so there have been, I think, all 19 of the other episodes we've talked about um, this and given advice to some degree. But today we are going to discuss the three things that absolutely need to be in everyone's emotional eating toolbox. So let's get right into it. All right, the first thing that has to be in your emotional eating toolbox is emotional intelligence. So what does that mean, emotional intelligence? Well, let's discuss emotional intelligence in terms of how it affects you and your relationship with you. So emotional intelligence, it's the ability to identify your own emotions and monitor those emotions. Essentially, you're able to manage and understand your emotions. And this is something that a lot of people are lacking in today's society. Um, so emotional intelligence, yes, essentially you need to be able to sit with your emotions, right? If you're not aware of the emotions that you're experiencing, it's hard to be able to manage them. It's hard to decide how you want to use them. And I think that a lot of people they react to emotions without thinking about them. And it's important to understand that emotions aren't always rooted in truth. 
right? A a feeling can be triggered simply by a thought that you had. And thoughts are not rooted in truth. We have tens of thousands of thoughts every single day, and most of them are not true. But when we have a thought that triggers an uncomfortable emotion, and we start to experience that emotion, a lot of us just simply react to that emotion. So we start feeling sad, or we start feeling angry or we start feeling lonely and sometimes we don't even know why there's not anything rooted in truth that triggered this emotion but we feel it and with lacking emotional intelligence either you're not understanding what you're feeling or you're not able to sit with that emotion before reacting to it so emotional intelligence is the ability to be able to sit with your emotions without immediately reacting to it because emotions don't always require an immediate reaction for many of us we have learned to react to difficult emotions by using substances these substances that provide us a moment of pleasure or a distraction from this tough emotion but suppressing difficult feelings only causes them to fester longer you have to be able to allow your emotions to be and remember that they are always, always, always temporary. So a few tips for this. One is something that I heard a few years ago that I've been using ever since. And it is an important reminder that emotions can become physical. You can start to experience sensations in the body. You can have physical reactions to emotion you're feeling. And oftentimes you get physical reactions from uncomfortable or difficult emotions. So maybe you start to feel tension in your body, right? Or maybe you start to feel tightness in your chest. Maybe it feels like your heart is like about to pound out of your chest. Maybe you start feeling that rapid heartbeat or shallow breathing or discomfort in your digestive system. That's a very common um, reaction to discomfort or stress because our gut has such a strong connection to our brain. So when you feel a physical symptom or physical discomfort, I want you to think about this. That physical sensation that you're experiencing is a contraction in your body from the stress or the, the, you know, the physical response of the feeling that you are experiencing. So we need to release that contraction. If you are somebody that's listening to this that has given um, birth to a child, it's a great way to think about labor, right? And the contractions that you experience. And what do they tell you when you're in experiencing those contractions to breathe through them? So what I want you to start doing to start practicing being able to sit with uncomfortable emotions is to release those contractions. So when you feel discomfort in the body, when you feel that contraction, I want you to take a deep breath in. So think about that deep breath in as the contraction And then I want you to release the contraction. So deep breath out of your mouth and think about releasing that tension, releasing that negative emotion, releasing that discomfort. And sometimes you need to do it a few times. So feel free, like wherever you are, if something stresses me out or triggers me, I start feeling uncomfortable if I'm at the grocery store, if I'm at the gym, if I'm in the car, if I'm at home, I take a moment to honor that contraction, to honor this feeling in my body and to release it. And almost always, I will feel much better after doing that a few times, a few deep breaths, and I I physically feel better. 
But sometimes that emotion will stick with you. Sometimes it wants to hang around and that's okay. The way that I like to look at it is uncomfortable emotions are just trying to tell us something. It's a sign. And I have tried to embrace that, those signs instead of running from them, instead of pushing them away, instead of numbing them or suppressing those feelings. I want to engage with the feeling. I want to befriend it. I want to say, hey, what's going on? Like, what, what is triggering you? What, is, what do you need from me to feel better? So those physical, um, you know, breaths and releasing the physical contraction. But from there, it's important to still remember that if the feeling sticks around, it's okay. And really just the mindset, the perspective of this is okay. When you feel something, when you feel anger, when you feel sadness, saying this is okay, I'm going to ride this out. I'm going to ride the wave instead of going and reaching for something in the pantry or going and grabbing a drink, like whatever it is that is your vice to deal with this discomfort. But remember that the first thing you have to be able to do is have awareness of the emotion, right? To be able to notice that you're experiencing it is key to be able to release it or sit with it. So awareness first, then work to release it. You can do the the physical, the breathing. Some people just like to literally just sit there for a few minutes, like a mindfulness practice, a meditation, whatever it is. And then the third one is after you've worked to release it, being able to just sit with it being able to let it just be and ride out. That is emotional intelligence. Being able to identify, understand, and manage your emotions is key. And that's such a big concept and and practice that we do in Fit Life Academy that really sets our program apart from so many different health and fitness programs that are out there. I mean, they're just not talking about these things. The emotional side, the mental side of this journey is so underappreciated and underemphasized in so many different programs. And that's really something that sets us apart. So anyways, step one in your toolbox or part one in your toolbox, emotional intelligence. The next one is self, self-soothing techniques. So once you've identified the emotion, you've you know done something to try to release the emotion and then you accept the emotion. Now what you can do is something to self soothe. So currently that's eating, right? You're not doing step one. You're not, you're not going through the, the emotional awareness and all that. You're just turning to the food. Now that you've worked on the awareness of the feeling and releasing the feeling and then letting the feeling be, which I know sounds so counterproductive, the release and then the allow, but I promise you <laughs> it works. Um, so number two, self-soothing. So of course we want to look for things that are more positive and productive to the life that you want to live. So if you feel like eating isn't a positive or productive way to be feeling or experiencing these emotions or dealing with them, what is your new option? So I recommend having a few different things in this part of your toolbox. You want to have a few things that you can turn to because it kind of depends on what feeling you're experiencing. If I'm feeling anger, I'm probably not really going to want to go on a walk. If I'm feeling sad or, you know, you know, a little bit of the depressies, a walk is perfect for me. But if I'm feeling angry, doing like a rage dance where I put on like some Linkin Park or like some, you know, metal or screamo music that I loved as a teenager, put those headphones on and I just like, I act like I'm in a mosh pit in the middle of my room. And that's such a great way. It's actually, it's actually a true technique 
um, in like the spiritual or, or mindset or personal development world, it's called rage dancing. And you do, you put on a song that gets you, you know, feeling that emotion of anger because anger is not a bad thing. This is a great opportunity to remind you that anger itself is not a, a bad emotion to feel, a scary emotion to feel. It's when people feel anger, don't have emotional intelligence and turn it into aggression that anger can become an issue so rage dancing is a great way to express or release feelings of anger in a positive or productive way versus going out and punching somebody in the face or going and grabbing a couple of drinks or eating right so you need to build yourself some um, self-soothing techniques that work for you it's going to be different for everybody and it's going to be different for the feeling that you're experiencing so this does need to be things that only you can do for yourself with yourself. It does need to be things, remember, self-soothing. So you can't put like calling a loved one in this list or going to get coffee with a friend. Those are definitely wonderful things to go in like the realm of your, your social, your relationships and your social life. But in regards to being able to self-soothe, this is what's important and this is what's, what people are missing. They turn to other people or other things to feel better. You have got to be able to fucking rely on yourself. You have got to be able to make yourself feel better when you are struggling because you have to rely on you first, number one, bestie, cheerleader. Like you are that bitch. You are the person that has to fix your problems, not other people. So yes, of course, it's great to have a community. It's great to have friends and family and loved ones that you can rely on that support you. It's great to go to therapy. That 100% huge proponent of therapy. But ultimately, you have got to have tools that you can use for yourself that don't involve help from other people. So that again, that can be going on a walk, dancing and singing a song, writing. I, that's another one that I love. I love journaling. I love writing my thoughts. Like I'll even write kind of like poems or haikus or short stories. Like when I'm going through something emotionally, writing has been such a tremendous way to get my feelings out, like putting pen to paper. I actually have a tattoo on my arm and it's a quill. And it's on my writing arm. And it was inspired by a quote by Ernest Hemingway. And the quote says, write long and hard about the things that hurt. And writing has been such a fantastic way for me to express so many of my hard emotions, to get that out onto paper. So again, like this is unique to me, right? You have to start exploring and figure out what tools work for you. I know that writing works for me because I started practicing different things. I started trying different things to figure out what brings me peace, what brings me happiness, like what helps me feel better. And it is, it's walking, it's singing, it's dancing, it's writing, and then having some mind Mindfulness techniques are definitely very helpful. If I'm going to go meditate for five minutes or do breath work for five minutes, um, do a grounding technique for five minutes, there's so many different mindfulness techniques in itself that you can practice and try. I actually am not big on like standard meditation where you just sit and you know you set an alarm for however long and you just sit and focus on your breath. There's actually a lot of ways to practice mindfulness that you can start to explore and figure out what, what you like and what you don't. You know, so for me, I have fallen in love with breath work. I love grounding techniques, don't really like meditation. You've got to explore those things, but you have to have some self-soothing techniques. Um, and then the last thing, number three, for your emotional eating toolbox, we've got emotional intelligence, self-soothing techniques, and the last one 
It's so important. So it's getting its own spot here because I guess technically we could put it in other places, but boundaries. Boundaries is number three in your emotional eating toolbox. And that might seem like a random one. It might seem like, why is that number three? Go listen to, I believe it's podcast number two. It might be podcast number three, but it's the one that's titled Stop People Pleasing. It's the episode all about people pleasing. That episode will tell you exactly why you need to set boundaries and exactly why it's so important for your emotional eating issues and for your toolbox. I mean, people pleasing, absolutely. I've seen that sabotage so many times people on their journeys. Because essentially what it comes down to, when you are a people pleaser, your life is not yours. You are living life for other people. When your life is not yours and it's the life of everyone around you, you are not fulfilled. I know for a fact that you are not truly happy and fulfilled in your life because your life is not yours. If your life is not yours and you are not fulfilled or happy, yeah, That's going to come out in a lot of different ways in your life. And emotional eating is a big one. So I want you to go check out that episode if you have not already. Um, Really, number three is uh, it's self-care techniques, right? And the emotional eating toolbox is just a toolbox that goes into the shed of self-care, right? You've got your self-care shed. Emotional eating toolbox is just one thing that goes in it. So general self-care techniques are incredibly important for this, of course, but specifically so if you do one thing to better care for yourself, boundaries is it. And boundaries will change your fucking life and I will tell you, I have created boundaries in my life in the last six months that I have never created before. Like I have stronger boundaries than ever and it has completely changed my life for the better and I will definitely dig into that in another episode soon. But for this one, we're gonna wrap it up here because you have homework. Go check out that boundaries episode and I'll catch you in the next one. Thank you so much for tuning in today and I can't wait to see you next time.